Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Mic check, check one, check two. Are we here? All right, we're here right now. Ish. Welcome to Right Nowish. I'm your host, Pendarvis Harshaw, coming to you on a jazzy note. I've talked about it once or twice on the show before, but I love jazz music. The riffs, the cadence, the sporadicism, the emotion, the fact that a song can tell a whole story while using little or no words. I appreciate it when I'm driving and thinking, or when I'm trying to put the kid to bed. And sometimes when I'm alone in the crib, sipping some bottom shelf red wine, I play jazz music in one room while I read in the other. It makes me feel fancy. Jazz, like any other art form, serves a different purpose for each person. And for bassist and composer Caroline Chung, jazz is an aid to meditation and can make the world better. Her music is easy listening, free flowing with groovy bass lines that transport you to a good place. I don't know the exact location, but I know it's good, you know? Check out her song, Vitamin D, performed in collaboration with her band, Citizens Jazz, and poet, Tango Eisen Martin. She also has songs that reflect issues of racism, classism, and malicious policing while advocating for equality and peace. Behind the music, Caroline tells me that the politics of San Francisco's jazz scene make it hard to get her music out. So this week, we talk about the fight to create a space to express the very art that can lift you up. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. I was always a musician 
because I grew up in an Asian family where my mom pretty much made us take piano lessons as children. As I got older, I was able to switch to an instrument that I thought was cool, which is the bass. I got into it because I was really into hip hop, old school 90s hip hop, a lot of funk and soul. That's how I started playing bass, just playing along to recordings of my favorite music. And when you moved to San Francisco as a young adult, you studied jazz. And your instrument, the upright bass, it's something that I don't normally think of as front and center, you know, at least in my mind when I think of jazz. So how do you shine as an upright bassist? Just kind of exploring the bass as like my own instead of trying to be like other jazz musicians. You know, in the whole career of, of me playing a jazz instrument, I definitely have had my share of being ignored or like overlooked or, you know, experiencing sexism firsthand. What was the first instance where you rec- recognized what you were up against? Well, early on, I realized that a lot of the times I'm not going to get hired by other people. And I think it also is because I didn't come from like a church community. And so I think when you're part of like some, a group that's there to like help each other, then I think it can work. But if you're just out there on your own being like, hey, I'm a female jazz bassist, it's like nobody really cares because it's the, it's the boys club. And that's how, that's how it's felt for me. I feel like in San Francisco, there's a lot of big fish in the small pond scenario. I guess I feel like I came up on my own as an Asian woman wanting to play upright bass. So I do always feel like I kind of just paved my own path, did my own thing, put my own projects together, got my own gigs. Despite the hurdles and the isms that you face through your music, do you find jazz music healing? I do. It's just like a automatic meditation that gets my mind off of other things and I'm like zoned in on this one thing. I really enjoy performing in front of people because you also get the energy from the people listening. And it's not all peace and calm vibes in your music. Some of your songs address social injustices and channel collective grief and rage. I'm thinking of your track, Killer Cops, which mourns lives lost to police terrorism. Or the song Let Freedom Ring. That's a song about love and liberation. Yes. Like, I always turn to my heroes in music and, like, the one thing that they all have in common is that they were all people who felt deeply and they felt deeply about what was going on around them and they felt the need to express that through their music. Thelonious Monk and Mingus, even, you know, John Coltrane, all of them, I feel like, used their platform, their instrument to uplift the people around them or to, like, make things better in this world. Jazz artists have a long history of incorporating civil rights issues into their music. Look no further than classic songs like 
Nina Simone's Mississippi Goddamn, John Coltrane's Alabama, or Billie Holiday's Strange Fruit. All of them are calls for justice in the South. Another I'd add to that list, a song I often listen to, Max Roach and Abby Lincoln's Freedom Day, a song about the arrival of liberation and the disbelief that it's actually here. Freedom Day, Freedom Day, it's kind of a, our job to actually also be a part of, you know, the activism that's going on as an artist. And as someone who lives in West Oakland, I'm really like I do see a lot of suffering around me. And the homeless situation right now is just so out of control. Like it's difficult to like, you know, see all of this. And then to like, just like play music and sing about, you know, my broken heart. On that note, uh, specifically about a song, uh, one of your songs, Let Freedom Ring. Tell us the story behind it. And what were you thinking about when you made that? You know, inspired by like the protests that were happening. Basically like the song says, you know, everything's going to be all right. You know, I just want to give that message out. Some sort of comfort that I can, like, give them through listening to my album is it's all going to be okay. And your song, Message to the Spirits, it asks listeners to reflect on the power within to contribute to societal change. Can you tell me about that one? I collaborated with Tongo Ison Martin, who's also someone who's like very involved in social activism through his poetry also that we drown in precinct paper department store floor plans and applications to the moon you know we can change the color of our snot from gifted to heart attack and tell you about ashes but where are all these angels coming from smelling like the cigarette that feels we have kind of this like opposite kind of way because his poetry can be talking about a lot of like the darkness of what's happening and things like that and then counteracted with my, you know, everything's gonna be okay, guys. It's that wild balance of like being observant of everything that's going on around you, you know, the heinous side of the world. And then that sense of optimism that you bring to the table. How do you navigate that? Like that, those are two very heavy scales to hold. I almost like was forced to kind of change things in my life, like way back when when I was diagnosed with cancer, which was like in 2010. It's almost like I was given a wake-up call. The whole process of learning how to meditate, learning how to not be involved in so much negative thoughts or negative feelings, and just trying to be more in tuned with myself. For one thing, it made me like want to like put out a full album that I wrote and produced. When I really thought about it and I was like thinking, what do I want to leave in this world when when I'm gone? If I have an album, that's something that they can remember and listen to even when I'm not here. What do you imagine is the legacy you leave in the jazz community? I hope to leave a legacy for the younger women who want to be musicians because I know that it's hard to feel comfortable and confident as a woman in jazz. So I would love to like be able to inspire younger 
girls to like want to play upright bass or drums or sax, there's no question that they can do it. Caroline Chung, thank you for your time and for your art. I'm wishing you the best in your career and that everlasting path toward healing. For listeners out there, Caroline will be performing a Nina Simone tribute at the SF Jazz Hot Plate Festival on January 22nd. Find more info on sfjazz.org. And to keep up with all that Caroline has going on, check out her Instagram page at citizensjazz. Marisol Medina Cadena worked her magic and produced this joint. Critical choices were made by our editor, Jessica Plachik. The person who engineered the sounds that you hear is Seal Muller. Our engagement team is made up of Ashley Ng, Rhea Garewal, and Justin Ebrahimi. Kiana Mogadam is the interim head of podcast. KQED execs are David Marcus and Holly Kearney. I'm your host, Pendarvis Harshaw, suggesting that you take a second and slap some jazz music. Some Afro-Cuban jazz, some Latin jazz, New Orleans jazz, trippy Alice Coltrane jazz, or even some modern jazz like Jay Diller or Terrace Martin. Yeah, peace. Right Now-ish is a KQED production. I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.